Good morning, this is Rob McDougall from Zeng Financial here with your weekly economic update on September 19th, 2022. Hi everyone. Inflation continues to surprise to upside. And the market now expects the Fed to pursue one of the most aggressive rate hiking in years. If inflationary pressure continues, interest rate volatility will likely remain. Last week's higher-than-expected inflation report was a game-changer for the Federal Reserve and the bond markets. Fixed income usually serves as a defensive role in the portfolio to hedge out equity risk. Due to the higher yield movements this year, fixed income will end up with a painful losses. 2022 will most likely go down as the worst year for bonds ever. With the inflationary pressures continue to run much higher than the Fed's 2% target, a more aggressive rate hiking campaign was priced into the markets. Markets are now expecting at least a 75 basis point increase in the short-term interest rate at this week's meeting, and nearly another 100 basis point hikes in the two remaining meetings this year. Moreover, markets expect the Fed's fund rate to get to a 4.5% by early next year. Next, our investment strategist Rob McDougall will walk you into the details. So last week, we had some significant releases, most importantly on inflation and also a little bit on the consumer health. By far the biggest data point last week, which drove markets, equity, fixed income, international in total, but was the CPI index, which was released on Tuesday, and it was kind of good news, but not good enough. So CPI fell from 8.5% in July down to 8.3% in August, but expectations were for CPI to drop down to 8.1%. So the markets reacted very negatively. So within the CPI, taking a look at the basket, uh, oil was down as we expected. Uh, It was actually down 5% month over month, so that was great. But some of the disappointing data points, uh, food, which is 13.5% of the CPI, food was up 11.4% year over year. Shelter, one of the biggest, the biggest component within the CPI at 32.2%, that was up 6.2% year over year. And medical care services, 6.8% of the CPI, that was up 6.3%. So those three categories in particular kind of drove the unexpected, disappointing metric at 8.3%. And so we'll see that the equity markets, fixed income markets traded off heavily last week. I'll show you those numbers in a second. But first, uh, this is very surprising that despite the fact that the market acted so negatively towards that inflation number, the inflation expectations, the way we monitor it, was actually down last week. Uh, it dropped from 2.42% for the next 10 years down to 2.38% for next year over the next 10 years. Now, you may recall We use this chart quite a bit. It's the 10-year treasury minus the 10-year 
inflation-protected securities yield, and that gives you the embedded expectation for inflation, which again now is down to 2.38% over the next 10 years. Uh, another inflation data point we got that was good last week was the August PPI, Producer Price Index. That came in at 8.7% increase year over year. Now that sounds bad, but it's dramatically uh, lower than we saw back in March, was 11, which was 11.7%, and lower than we saw just last month, the month of July, which is 9.8%. So that is a good harbinger, I think, for inflation going forward. It's good to see that number come down that will flow through to goods and services in the future. On the retail side, uh, this was a good metric. Retail sales came in at a positive 0.3% month over month. That followed a negative 0.4% decrease in July. So just putting those two months together, the consumer roughly flat. That's good because it won't be driving inflation, at least from the consumer side. Last bullet point from last week in terms of consumer health, University of Michigan consumer sentiment. We mentioned the fact that back in June, it bottomed out the very worst um, we've ever seen from the University of Michigan survey. Going back to 1950, I came in at 50. It has now gone up three consecutive months and came in at 59.5 last month. That's a solid metric. So how did the market react to all of this news, particularly the CPI, well, equities, fixed income, everything was down last week. The S&P 500 was a negative 4.7%. Tech stocks got hit worse uh, than average last week. Growth stocks in the U.S. down 5.9%. Uh, value stocks held in better. That's uh, good for our portfolios. Uh, it's been consistent with what's happened all year. But again, growth stocks were down a negative 5.9% last week. U.S. value stocks were down 3.5%. Interestingly, last week, international stocks outperformed and just weren't down as much as the U.S. Again, I mentioned the S&P was down 4.7%. International stocks, ex-U.S., were down 2.8%. Fixed income, with the CPI numbers, uh, the U.S. 10-year Treasury yield rose another 13 basis points last week. Everything in fixed income was down, and uh, now on a year-to-date basis, the 10-year Treasury has risen 1.93 basis, 1.93% uh, during the year. So the 10-year yield is now at 3.45%. That has driven double-digit losses for virtually every fixed income index on a year-to-date basis. So this upcoming week, we've got some data points coming up. Uh, most are housing-related, but we also have the FOMC rate decision which will be key. That'll be on Wednesday. But before, on Tuesday, again, we'll take a look at some housing numbers. Now, housing, of course, has been hit very hard on a year-to-date basis. Rising mortgage rates, highest mortgage rates we've seen since 2007, definitely taking their toll. So tomorrow, on Tuesday, housing starts are expected to come in at 1.42 million. If so, that would be the fourth consecutive drop that we've seen. Also tomorrow, U.S. building permits, the expectation is it's going to come in at 1.61 million. If indeed it hits that number, that will be the worst number we've seen in the last 12 months. Then on Wednesday, the last housing number we have, existing home sales, the consensus, 
uh, for the month of August is 4.73 million. Again, if we hit that number, that will be the worst number we've had uh, since the COVID crisis two years ago. Now, in terms of the FOMC, the rate meeting on Wednesday, the expectations have risen. Uh, there's no longer any question that they're going to do at least 50 basis points. They will. You know, the Fed Fund's future now has priced in an 80% probability they'll do 75 basis points on Wednesday and a 20% probability that they'll do 100 basis points. And because of inflation, the CPI number that came out, the expectations now for rate increases throughout the year have also increased. So the midpoint, the most probable outcome for the Fed Fund futures is that between today, Monday, and the end of the year, we will see two, uh, exactly 2% of Fed Fund increases uh, through December. Now, interestingly, uh, we watched the um, GDP estimates from the Atlanta Federal Reserve, which have been bouncing around quite a bit, and a little bit surprising. Uh, so two weeks ago, they had increased their expectation for third quarter GDP estimate up to 2.6%. We thought it was a little bit strange. I uh, didn't see that sort of economic strength, but the following week, they cut that in half to 1.3%. And last week, after the CPI numbers came out and the market responded the way it did, uh, they cut their estimate further to 0.5%. So if that does happen, that will discontinue that streak. We've got two consecutive quarters of negative real GDP growth. And as of right now, the Atlanta Fed thinks we're gonna eke out a small gain here in the third quarter. That's it for the economic data for this week. Uh, I do want to mention again, as Zen Financial, we're going to have our client events. Starting in Portage, we're going to have two events on September 28th. In Detroit, it appears we're going to have two events there also. That'll be October 19th. We'll have one in Ada on October 26th. And then for the rest of our client base, we'll have a Zoom presentation on October 27th. That's it for this week. Thank you very much for attending. Look forward to seeing you next week.